I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. Here's your own private therapist. Anywhere, anytime. Fred Riley. Hey, what's up? This is Fred Riley. We are, this is Counseling on Demand, right? Uh, We're uh, podcasting about a client today. Yesterday, uh, I had a client that uh, listens uh, to these podcasts uh, pretty frequently. As a matter of fact, she informed me that uh, they listen to these podcasts over dinner uh, that's got to spoil a dinner, doesn't it? Anyways, uh, she uh, she mentioned that I haven't talked about her on the podcast. And so I told her to be careful what she asked for. And, uh, well, I, I couldn't get away from the invitation. So uh, so this gal, uh, we're going to tell a little bit about the situation that, uh, that she's been through. And uh, maybe, unfortunately, you can identify with that. And uh, her story gives us some perspective. We're going to talk about trauma today. We're going to talk about uh, trauma in general. It doesn't have to be uh, specific uh, to physical, sexual, what have you, but just trauma. And trauma, the idea of trauma is that it's uh, the gap between our known understanding of the world and then the new experience that we have. And the brain just doesn't know how to uh, download all that stimuli. It breaks from all things that we know in terms of templates of safety, so on and so forth. So anyway, she came in and uh, her template of certain things was just rocked um, uh, profusely. And we've done a lot of work. But uh, the question that she had um, and the question that uh, maybe I that uh, I have for you is how do you ultimately work through that trauma? You know, we get medications, we do a lot of um, what's mine, what's not mine. We learn about the perpetrator, right? The person that hurt us. We learn all those types of things. And intellectually, it's really helpful. And it's a lot of work that I do. But uh, she came in and maybe uh, she came in uh, as a way to help you if you're in this situation. You know, it's been a number of years. And she says, you know, um, these thoughts, these images still echo in my head. And uh, she really feels... Uh, captive to those. And, and uh, you know, I value the work that I do. And of course, I'm reviewing the kind of work that I've done with her. But uh, what do you do? You know, what's the secret? Uh, how do we um, work through that trauma? And sometimes it's going to take longer than others. We're all independently affected. But uh, what do we do with that? And and she helped unlock something that I know in concept, um, but I saw that it really needed to apply to her. So you think about somebody that's uh, trauma, you know, they've 
They've uh, let you go from a job. They promised you something. They didn't hold to it, to even more um, ritualistic, uh, repetitive trauma, um, those images that enter into your mind, and, and you feel held hostage to those, right? As a matter of fact, in the world of trauma, we talk about becoming, you know, you're a victim and you're surviving that experience. And how do you move to a place of conquering? How do you go to a place of helping to manage those thoughts? And one of the things that we talked about is her anger. Do you have anger towards that person that hurt you, that person um, that that wronged you? And uh, you may be surprised at how that anger has lingered, right? Can you think of somebody in high school or somebody, maybe a previous marriage or a business deal? I have this guy. Uh, I can't be angry at him anymore. I just realized I think I still am. Uh-oh, that's not good. Uh-oh. So speaking of trauma, breakthrough, friend. right, this is so therapeutic. Anyways, so this guy... Uh, anger, by the way, it's the way our brain says, hey, something unfair has happened. And the brain doesn't like unfairness, right? I've been hurt. I've been traumatized. And I'm thinking about a situation. You know those places you you sign up and they, you um, go listen to some speech and you get like $100 towards like a Vegas show or you get to put in a lottery for some all-terrain vehicle that you'll never get, those types of things. Well, this guy didn't follow the script, right? He said some things to me. You know, I thought we'd go in. He understands that uh, he doesn't have a chance in selling this to me. And then he went beyond that and, and kind of attacked me uh, from a belief system standpoint. Man, I, John, I'm still angry, I think. So what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? I think it sounds like you should be angry. Right. I was I wrong. I think you have every reason to be angry. Right. I wonder how much a flight to Vegas is. I like to hold grudges, though. I'm, you know, you, know? you and I'll work through this on on when I, when when I'm when you're charging me. But uh, I, I'm a grudge holder. Well, and so. don't we feel empowered to hold a grudge? A little bit, a little bit. You know, it's almost like we feel a right to it. And I'm glad you said that because part of what this lady uh, what has been holding her up is almost like there's if there's this false sense of power. You know, this right to be hurt, but it's secretly tearing you down. Do you have that within you? Do you have this person in your life that uh, you almost uh, find like uh, you're on the drive home and your mind is working over ways to get back or how they owe you an apology? And you know what? We have the right to be mad. That unfair part of our brain says, yeah, that feels good because we were wronged, yet we're still exposed to the memories, the thoughts, and I tell you what, the person that hurt you, certainly um, they're not mindful of you. They weren't mindful of you in the first place. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about power. We're going to talk about the power to heal, where it comes from, and take a look for yourself how you can apply that to those people, uh, relationships, those places where you've been traumatized. Okay, so we're talking about trauma. We're talking about power with trauma, losing our power, Um, you know, being affected day to day. And I'm using this example and I'm being kind of 
um, uh, vague about her situation, just, you know, because, uh, you know, to protect privacy. But uh, I tell you what, this uh, gal, and maybe this is you as well, um, the trauma that, uh, you know, how do you rate trauma? Well, by the way that you experience the trauma, not as it compares to other people's trauma or your evaluation. There's no such thing as somebody was hurt worse than I was. Um, So you have to look at it and say, okay, how did it impact me? Well, this gal, man, I tell you what, uh, trauma, like severe trauma, uh, especially for her personality and the, the extent to which she is so mindful and caring and giving, and it backfired on her. And so that's part of trauma is where our personality, what we do, backfires on us. And so pretty traumatized. And maybe you're in that place. Maybe there's not a lot of trauma, but a place that you want to kind of clear that up. And so one of the things that I talked about was that uh, this concept that the person that hurts you, the perpetrator of that hurt, we assume, and think about this, for some reason we assume because they had the power to hurt us, we expect that they have the power to heal us. So this person, I have the other individual in my office, and she's really struggling, really frustrated because this person is failing to use his power to restore or to heal her. I tell you what, we need to change that, don't we? I'm not going to give somebody the power to hurt me and then the power to heal me. Think about that, okay? We want the person to pay. We want them to feel the hurt that that has happened to us. We want them to make it better. But what does that mean that we give it back to them to make us better? Does that make sense? Sometimes it's it's like a it's like a huge apology and behavior that says we want behavior from them that says, you know, I'm sorry for what I've done. I tell you what, and think about that. So you have this person that suddenly has the power to heal you, what comes to mind for me is insulting. Isn't that insulting that I can hurt you and then come back and heal you? Does that make sense? Okay. I can hurt you and I can heal you. Those of you that have been hurt through trauma, you might already feel powerless. What you're looking for and hoping for will only deepen that sense of powerlessness, right? Who does the healing then? working through trauma, you do your healing. You, others, those that I see in my office, they'll say, and I just had this this morning actually, it's unfair that I have to talk to you because of what he or she did. It's unfair that I have to be in here and you're talking about prescription medications and so forth. You're right. You're right. However, okay, you have to be the agent in your healing. You didn't choose to be there. There's nothing the person that hurts you can give you to make it better. As a matter of fact, you continue to allow yourself to be under their power. It's your work to do now, and it's your work to do that betters yourself. Does that make sense? So the idea is I'm going to learn from this, and it hurts, and so on and so forth. I'm not going to own the problem, but I'm going to own the ability, the responsibility to heal myself, to reinforce myself, to find my blind spots, not because I've done anything wrong, but because I have the power 
to learn from the experience, and I ultimately have the power to influence and be that that master, that that driver in my life, and I'm not going to let somebody else do it. As a matter of fact, the therapist needs to play that role as well. Your therapist needs to say, I'm not the one that has the power to heal you. This gal came to me today, and, and uh, she had been to another therapist, and the therapist said, um, essentially said, I work for you, right? That's a power statement, in my opinion. I said to her, no, I'm here with you, but you're working for you. I'm not working for you. You are. Give yourself the power to heal. Give yourself the ability to learn from a therapist or what have you, but make it yours. Don't give the person that hurts you the power to keep you up at night or the power to make it better. That's insulting. Stand up for yourself. Self-nurture says, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to put myself in a better place. Think about that. Think about your life in places where you can empower yourself to learn and grow and not give the power away, hoping that the same person that hurts you will make things better. I'm Fred Riley. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hey, take a minute, rate us, give us some feedback. We'd love to have that. And of course, as always, please remember, you get to choose who's in your life.